Hello and welcome to another episode of Dungeons and Diapers, the subscription service for your parental ears, hmm? delivering all the best uh, and greatest in uh, parental geeky content straight to those earlobes of yours. I am Crofton Steers. He is Ryan Murphy. We are back. Ryan, how goes it? Did we did we sign a Netflix deal that I was not? Did you forge my signature again? Is that what's happened? Well, Netflix has uh, a secondary verification method. Right. Uh, so, uh, but luckily Amazon lets anybody sign. So we're on Amazon. <laughs> I was going to say Netflix was a bit uh, a bit high of me. <laughs> you, you know, I I think we have a good show here, but um, Netflix was probably aiming too high but amazon well, prime I, I don't want to shit on netflix too badly here Ooh. but they they tend to make good content but not great content they're like the masters of the b plus content they make very they i think you're right you know we uh i don't have this in the notes but um ashley and i cruise through uh living with yourself the paul rudd comedy like the 30 right, minute right and that show was kind of hard to watch not in that it was bad it's just that it was like darkly awkward comedy so it was like dark humor but also super awkward and very like questionable things happening uh it it, honestly it's it it, once you start watching it you can't stop and it's over in like four hours because it's a, a 30 minute comedy but paul rudd's fantastic i'll watch paul rudd in anything really and and yeah so yeah i it's funny because it's one of those shows that when people mention that being in peak tv how there's more shows to watch than you have time and stuff mm-hmm. and i look at like you know i don't have an hbo subscription so i'm not watching watchmen or anything but like you've got hbo disney plus uh amazon and uh netflix and hulu and whatever and then you've got all the regular tv and it it just feels like that Paul Rudd show is the one that people often point to, and they're like, "Yeah, I see. Like, there's just too much because I don't have time to watch that show." Right. And for me, it's it's like the the it's another like I assume that show is good, but not great. Like that's what I I, I assume, and it, it's hard finding like great TV uh, and and great TV that's like exclusive um, it's to har- Netflix. It's hard to find great thirty minute shows that's been my struggle is like a lot of the great content is 42 minutes plus per episode and for ashley and i sometimes we sit down by the time we've finished everything we need to finish like say i'm podcasting or i'm doing some extra work stuff or cleaning up around the house it's like 9 30 when i sit down and 40 sometimes a 45 minute show is just too late for us and a 30 minute show is just right and it usually has to be some sort of comedy and there's really no great 30 minute stuff out there um right now i think our our favorites we're kind of catching up on our pvr forgot to record uh, a show called single parents which is a show about uh well a bunch of single parents who form like a supporting group and it is a comedy and it's very one of the it's it's very much a sitcom um kind of a modern family-esque type thing uh so and we'll watch modern family as well but i'd say good place is probably the highest of the high in terms of the 30 minute comedy experience on tv i don't know it's it's funny because i i've heard good things about that i have yet to see it but i kind of like those things where it's Mm -hmm. like i know it's good i know i have access it's on one of the streaming platforms it's on netflix Um, so yeah you could binge it and it's over actually at the end of uh this season so that's that's sweet. Like I, I'll look forward. To, and I miss some notable shows too. And every once in a while, like Amazon's pretty good for that. Uh, like I'm, you know, I I've mentioned about Parks and Rec, which I'm still watching on and off. But like I I never saw Thirty Rock, for instance. And I never watched. Yeah, never saw that one or either. Are on, on there, and and I have a feeling that I would like that. And so it's sometimes it's it's digging into that sort of stuff. Anyway, that was a sidebar. Ryan, sure. what's Sorry. up with you lately? Anything? Well, not much. I do want to inform everyone that uh, I have hit my extra life goal, but we are still going strong. Uh, obviously, the idea is to raise as much money as we can for Sick Kids Foundation, and you can go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2019. I think we're going to have one more episode before the year ends, but donations do close at the end of December, and I do owe some folks some Paw Patrol streams. Uh, Caden, right now we are heading into the the peak uh, Christmas 
there's a freaking thing on every every day of the weekend uh so it's been really tough for Caden and I to sit down to play the next chapter I swear I'm not dragging my heels but we will be streaming on this channel some Paw Patrol in the near future uh and we'll get into a little bit in the diaper section as to why that is going to be more complex uh for me going forward uh some really not so great news uh not not like that I'm being I'm being very uh uh dark clouds here it's not actually terrible news but it's it's just it's unfortunate i mean i i won't leave you hanging abby's not napping anymore and it's a terrible 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 bye, thing. Bye, bye. but we'll talk more in depth later on bit of a tease but yeah yeah no i can i can see that would be painful mm-hmm. um so my wife's birthday is at the beginning of december my birthday is oh my gosh i'm looking december. at the notes and if you're about to connect what you just said to what is in the notes here good sir just- just, just let me, just let me go. Let okay, me I'm, go first. I'm gonna second. let you go. I'm just, I'm just prepping the listeners. Just Don't unsubscribe, okay? It's fine. So, so <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Slow so your roll. Last yeah. year, it was Jesse's 40th birthday, and uh, because she's a cradle, cradle robber, this year it's my 40th birthday. Hmm. But there is a blissful month of december whereas her birthday happens first and mine happens at the end where for one month she's two years older than me so she is now 41 and i am still in my 30s until the end of the month i bet you remind her a lot of that i do all the time and now uh as we head into the the uh towards careening towards what i'm sure will be a significant birthday extravaganza for yours truly uh 41 is kind of like eh you know whatever it's another birthday it's like her last year, I took her to like Mont Tremblant, booked a hotel. We did a bunch of stuff. Was really, you know, a big deal. I bought like a, for our, for our anniversary and, and and all of this. I bought this family ring that I had custom made wow. with all these jewels uh, representing each of our children and yada yada yada. All really really great. I lay this all before you because you know where I'm going, which is the fact that I bought my wife for her birthday this year a drum roll, please, <laughs> vacuum cleaner. Um, and uh, now I know a lot of people right now are probably like Croft, and that is the worst possible thing you could get your wife. To them, I would say, shut up, mind your business. And secondly, I would say that Jesse has been talking about this vacuum cleaner like for a year pretty much. So we have a, a um, what do you call those, uh, central vacs, which mm-hmm. is a giant hose that you carry around the oh, house. Oh, yes. Very and you familiar. plug in in different, different places. I wasn't until we came here. I thought it would be super great, but in the end, it's a huge pain in the ass because that hose is heavy, cumbersome, and you, you, we just we don't vacuum as much as we should, especially – Concerning the fact is we should vacuum eight times a day because of our goddamn children. Right. And so, um, so Dyson, uh, which is a high end, I guess, the Apple of vacuums, uh, makes uh, makes this lightweight super vacuum or whatever. And on and you know on the Black Friday sale, Jesse could never justify it, and 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 I couldn't really either. But on the Black Friday sale, it, w- it went on sale, so I was like, God damn it, do I get this for her birthday? Like I'm getting a vacuum from my wife, so I couched it. Like I did get her other stuff. Like Gwen, I Gwen and I went shopping. We got her body stuff at the body shop. We got her a box of chocolates, uh, and uh, but then I was like, look, you know. Here, here's your big gift, and it it is a vacuum. And uh, she was like, "Oh my God, we're gonna get divorced!" And I was like, "No, no, no, what? we're not gonna get, we're not gonna get divorced." She's like, "Everybody I know who's gotten a vacuum is gonna get divorced." And and, uh, and I was like, "Look, you wanted this vacuum," and and she's like, "I actually do really want the vacuum." And is that she a thing? Went, the the divorce signaler? Yeah, everybody she knows who's gotten a vacuum has. I didn't know this, but like from their significant other has been divorced within a year. But is that whatever. like is that is that it's your fault for getting the vacuum? So that's why the person is divorcing you or the person well, I don't know I, it's I don't... just a sign I guess it's a sign in the relationship when you're at the point that you're buying somebody a vacuum that you're likely going to the relationship is not going to last but like I, I guess that is how she sees it or whatever right. so like everybody she knows who at a birthday got a vacuum within a year or whatever they were they were donezo and uh, and so she's like oh 
the, oh no, a vacuum. And I was like, whoa, 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 let's not go crazy here. I mean, you've <laughs> been talking about this vacuum for a goddamn year. If anything, I would consider it husband. And so, um, <laughs> She's actually she, she's actually really happy happy about it, but obviously has the same sort of conflicted feelings I do. Look, if it was her fortieth birthday, that's one thing. It's her forty first. No. And listeners, if you think I'm a total douche, you can send me emails. But it was a very nice vacuum. You should Google it. Uh, Dyson expensive vacuum. Just Google that. Um, and uh, and yeah. So uh, other thing, Ryan, just real quick. Um, because in terms of people thinking I'm a douche, I think that this is a good segue. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> um, uh, the, uh, the thing is, is that, um, you know, I do podcasts with you and my other meathead friends, and uh, that's primarily what I use social media to promote, and it's sort of my you know online brand. But recently, uh, work has spiraled, to a point where I'm becoming sort of uh, what's the word uh, known in the community, the professional community, if you will. Okay. And uh, most of the people in that community have work-related Twitter accounts, Facebook accounts, all of that sort of stuff. Like very LinkedIn accounts. They're very professional. Um, you know, it's shots of them wearing a tie maybe in the, in the Twitter profile and they're, they're sharing, you know, notable work articles. They're not talking about how their daughter and them just beat Luigi's mansion, you know, like they're talking about work stuff. And, um, and, and so I, Mm -hmm. I presented to like a hundred people. Then I held the community of practice event, which I won't even get into, but there's another hundred people there. um, And I've started to accrue, like, let's be honest here, not a sizable amount of Twitter followers, but new Twitter followers. And they're probably looking at my profile and being like, what the hell is this? Uh, This guy is ridiculous. Community of practice Um, is what it is. Boom. And then, yeah. And then, and then they're like, you know what? He does a podcast. Well, he is, Maybe I should listen to that, and then they're going to start listening. And the first thing they they're going to hear is I bought my wife a vacuum, and uh, I will have lost all credibility, Ryan. I don't know. Uh, it depends. It is a Dyson, which, as you said, is the Apple of vacuums, and they're in malls now. So Dyson's on the way up. But is it? Uh, yeah, they do the uh, they do the hand dryers as well. They're oh, right. Yeah. They, no, got, yeah. That's what you mean. They've got their hands in a lot of tech. It's, it's all good. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to, yeah. Oh, yes. I did that. Um, <laughs> but no, I think, uh, I think about a professional Twitter, and I have folks who follow me on Twitter, I think are, well, uh, my old boss's boss, who is now my boss's boss's boss, follows me on Twitter. But I don't know, like, if, that person actively checks Twitter or, or, or just kind of uses it to, you know, uh, signal boost certain things. Um, but that being said, like I've always advertised my Twitter as, you know, video games, podcasts and stuff Ryan Murphy is interested in. And sometimes that does include some of the, the work I do. And, but most of the time, as you said, I want to talk about, you know, the latest podcast episode or some new video game, right? Because that is that is my interest. When I tweet about professional stuff, it's usually on professional um, targeted channels, right? Uh, I don't know if I would ever create like a like an Armorphy Pro, you know, uh, but you could, type you, account. You you could be like you know you can get away with like oh yeah yeah that's not the video game guy yeah that's not me uh that's some other orion murphy and people be like (laughs) oh okay but i can't get away with that it's pretty much like uh it's your name and there's no other crofts and steers and i'm like oh that's fair it is me you know so true um but no i i have thought about segmenting and, and creating accounts like at croft and steers like i work for the government of canada so it'd be like at croft and steers goc or whatever and then maybe put in by bio notes like this is my personal account and this is the other one but but would you have enough major- content to tweet probably not i'm yeah. gonna try to cross the streams i think and we'll see what happens uh but the worst if case you scenario, have the- you'll confuse a bunch of people right yeah <laughs> so. there'll be two people 
there'll be half of my content that some people will care about, the other half that others will care about. We will see. We will see. We will see. But uh, I thought it was notable, especially that I was talking about vacuums. Speaking of notable, and let's get right into the dungeons here, Ryan. What mm-hmm. have you got going on in your dungeon life? Well, you told your Black Friday story, and I had a bit of uh, one myself. Um, Ashley goes Black Friday shopping. She actually went out, I think, three or four times over three or four days. Now, she's a, a very good spender. She only goes out and buys exactly what's on the list that she's prepared, and she hit up a bunch of stores that had sales starting early um, to get what she needed, and she'd come back with like whatever items she, she was looking to get. And for me, I usually avoid Black Friday this year, um, I was, you know, taking care of the kids while she was out shopping and decided to go out. Um, there was a couple things I've been looking at and one was, uh, the PS4 pro, um, by trading in sort of my old PlayStation and getting a PS4 pro. I told the story over two parts, uh, on the gamers in, so I don't want to, you know, bore people with details, but Crofton, I know you did a similar deal. I think when Spider-Man came out, you traded in your, uh, PS4, Red right? Dead 2 actually Red Dead 2, right. Yeah, so it was a. It was pretty much a year ago. Uh, yeah. So what I and and what I did, uh, I think I got uh, I got one hundred and sixty dollars for the PlayStation. I traded in four games, um, two of which got were were you know EB valued at fifty dollars each, um, and traded in a couple games through some sort of uh, trade in deals and ended up. Well, walking... what games do they value at fifty bucks? So Star Wars. So they have the um, they have oh, the yeah, fifty dollars. Yeah, they have the $50 guarantee for for new releases. Um, I had played and finished Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order, which is a feat on its own. But I I did really enjoy it. But honestly, um, I bought it at $50, and I figured if I could trade it in for $50, that's a really good good deal. Plus, I could could, yeah, and a win, and I could trade it towards the the PS4 Pro. And uh, Nintendo games, surprisingly... I, I normally wouldn't trade them in, um, but Super Mario Party has just been sitting in my Switch case since I bought it a year ago, um, and I don't see myself playing those type of games right away. Like I think I have to wait for the kids to get a little bit older before I can yep. enjoy that. Um, so I, I threw that one in the lot, and that one you know bumped up to 50 bucks uh, through a 50% increase uh, deal. But uh, I walked in with four games and a PS4, and I walked out with a PlayStation 4 Pro and Luigi's Mansion 3 uh, for 140 bucks. Um, I need to tell you, those two don't work together. <laughs> oh, man, the EB man said that it would. Yeah, I, <sighs> I've been bamboozled. <laughs> yeah, don't put that cartridge in there, right? No, uh, I, I, you know and I don't. I'm fine. Um, so it was interesting because I, I went in and I, I basically said to them, "Look, like I don't want the packing game. I just want to get the the I want to get the the PS4 Pro that has a packing game that is worth the most because I'm going to trade it in right away." So he's like, "Oh well." Surprisingly, it was NHL 20. He pulls the thing off the shelf. He rips the box open, takes out NHL 20, and says, "All right, I can give you 50 bucks for that one too." Um, so that was crazy. And yeah, I, I ended up walking out with the PS4 Pro and Luigi's Mansion 3 for 140 bucks. Uh, you and I both know Luigi's Mansion 3 is a $90 game here in, in Canada, taxes in. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got a PS4 Pro for like 50 bucks, and all it took was an entire day of backing up, wiping, and preparing it for the guy at EB Games. And I, I Oh, yeah. Yeah. I went through that whole rant last year. That's yep. right about the whole like backing up and then restoring and all that. It's funny. I will say that was extremely painful. Mm-hmm. And when Google Stadia and, and then I put Red Dead in and had to install and update and all that. And Google Stadia, when they, they go through the bullet points, one of the things that really appeals to me is that instantaneousness and not worrying about all, all of that stuff. But I will say that since that rant last year, I haven't had to think about anything or worry about anything once. Like everything's mm-hmm. just works. It's the same. I even forgot at one point that I changed PS4s because that's another thing. It's just like, like you don't, you're still, it's the same controller. It's the same thing. And you just don't think about it that you have a PS4 Pro at one yeah. point or that it, things may look slightly better. At first, you'll play a game that you played. Like I put Spider-Man in, uh, which I had finished, and I played it on the PS4 Pro. 
And I was like, oh, shit, it's way smoother because it has more frames a second. And I immediately noticed the bump in quality. And I was like, wow, this is super great. And then I played other I played Red Dead, but I had never played Red Dead on a regular PS4, only on the Pro. So it just looked awesome, but it always looked would look awesome. Then I went back to Spider-Man and then I was just like, yeah, this is how it is now. Like my brain mm-hmm. is my, my brain is already adapted to it. Like I've not, you know. I never think like, oh, I'm getting bells and whistles that regular PS4 owners are not getting. You yeah, know? I I haven't really put it through its paces yet. Um, I, I did spend a lot of time setting it up, and, and there's another reason I, I, I've been busy. Wait, you have an Xbox X, right? I do. Um, and, oh, and... well, you won't even give a shit. Like, it's not, not going to be as, like, that's an even more powerful console. It, it is. And, you know, when I was playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and I think the PS4 Pro has this as well, is that uh, Fallen Order had an option for perform- performance mode. Which, uh, if you play normally, it just it has it. It tries to kick out thirty frames per second, four K, which is nice. But when performance mode, you can kick it in, and it kicks it down to ten eighty p, but sixty frames per second. And honestly, the quality difference there, like hitting sixty frames, ten eighty p, was amazing. Yeah, even though I was playing on a four K, you know, television. But with the PS4 Pro, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Spider Man's gonna be that our experience to be like finally i can check this out and see what it's like because that's an easy one to jump in and out of uh i haven't tried new game plus so it'd be really cool to kind of jump back in with all the powers as opposed to having to unlock them all uh but um i i did kind of look at it and be like i never did finish red dead redemption 2 i did enjoy it but it was pretty sluggish uh in some pretty key parts and and had some performance issues on the on the normal ps4 but the reason I haven't really jumped into it is I also did another thing where I've been talking to a friend of mine about buying a new monitor. Uh, and I did, <laughs> and it was a pretty big purchase. Um, not going to lie. That's sort of, that's sort of next on my list is mm-hmm. like I, for a, a new PC monitor, I, I kind of, I think undervalue the benefit of having one. Oh yeah. Well, you, this one that I got is, uh, so I had a 27 inch before, so I wanted to stay at 27 inches. And I got a Dell G-Sync 1440p 144 hertz monitor. And what I had before was 1080p sort of 60 frame or 60 hertz normal monitor. But this is a gaming monitor in that I've been playing Control and I played a bunch of Sea of Thieves for Extra Life last weekend. And what it does is using G-Sync is it locks, it doesn't lock your frame rate, but it, it makes it a cons- consistent frame rate so that there's no tearing and you can hit uh, up to 144 frames per second with no tearing using the 144 hertz. So I've been I don't have a system that can spit out control at 144 frames per second at 1440p, but I do have a, a system that can solidly hit between 45 and 60 frames, and it's just buttery smooth, looks great. Um, and I think that was sort of my goal with Black Friday is like not to buy like I definitely spent more, but not to buy like a bunch of $30 games that sit in, in the drawer, but to buy two items that I know I'm going to use for the very uh, long future. I mean, the monitor I had before I, I've had for eight years. So if this one gets even five, I'll be, I'll be stoked about that. Um, yeah. I just don't get, I guess what I don't get the monitor I get is the PS4 pro. When you have an Xbox one X and we're going into a new generation next year, and you've probably played all the PS4 exclusives up to this point anyways. So like, you know, and like any new PS4 exclusive will probably also be released on the PS5. Like I guess I don't, what are the games that you're going to be looking to play on the PS4 pro? So I think for the conversation, it was it was the idea of a couple things. It was the idea of upgrading my launch PS4, which is almost six years old, uh, to a newer system to give it a, a longer lifespan and, and increase its value if I did want to trade that in towards a PS5. Uh, but also, I, I know next holiday, um, purchasing what could be an $800 investment is looking very unlikely for me like to be able to spend all upwards of almost a thousand dollars for a new console that's going to be a tough sell um and i don't know if the ps5 is uh, in my future i don't know if project scarlet is going to happen i'm going to seriously look at it don't get me wrong um but 
in terms of the next year, for me, uh, The Last of Us Part Two was a big part of that. Having not finished Red Dead Redemption 2, there was another one. I mean, if I hadn't, like, when I was in EB Games, they were kind of, we were trying to get through the process of bringing the, bringing the cost down on the console. And at one point, he's like, okay, so what you owe left is 300 and some odd dollars. And I'm like, man, that sounds like a lot. Oh, no, actually, it's $200. And I'm like, that's still way too much. Like, the reason I came in is I was going to get this for about 100 And that was sort of my bar of this is worth it or not, um, just to kind of have that boost uh, and, and to have a newer console in the house for, for my PlayStation games. Um, but, yeah, the fact that I got it for 50 bucks is is really the reason. I went through hell to get it, but um, yeah, yeah, it was inexpensive. No, I- I, I, I guess I I guess I some I somewhat relate I I do get your point of like having something that's not gonna die like I like having I keep most of my old consoles and the fact that you'd be able to pull it out um, I I do think that like people are shitting on Google Stadia pretty hard right now oh yeah but I I think that the genius of that will be next year because I think that they are getting the pains out of the way. Now they're doing everything. Now they are beta testing or early access or whatever you want to call it. So that when the new consoles hit people like yourself, you'll be like, Oh, well shit, I could, I could buy this new console or I could just buy a game on Google stadia and like, you know, have Google stadia free. Uh, and and I, I think that that's when like, it's going to be sink or swim. Like how many people, everybody have, everybody has consoles right now, but will they, nobody will have new consoles next year when, and and when they come out for mad bank, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like normally there is some, not normally, but there's often some sort of incentive to get a console for example the switch it's the portability for the playstation 4 and the xbox one it is to beyond video gaming it is to get 4k content on tvs like this was a gateway to 4k right the ps2 is notable for the dvd player i don't think anybody really expects at this point that the new consoles are going to offer something that you don't have already in your home um and, and therefore, like it's it's a tough it's a tough sell if it's just to access the games that you could suddenly just access directly on Stadia. You know, I I think yeah. their face. I think it will be challenging. We will see next year. Either Stadia is going to continue to flop, or it's going to start making inroads from people like yourself who are going to look at the price and be like, "Well, I'll give it a shot. It's free to play Stadia, and I, I just got to buy maybe one cheap game, see how it works. Mm-hmm. Hey, it works pretty well. Oh, I'm going to get." the new ps5 exclusive or not exclusive but the new hotness that's only available on ps5 or something well i mean um, the argument you're making is interesting but um for me it's always been the exclusives and a ps5 exclusive isn't going to be available on stadia you're right. um but a hot uh you know third party game that is uh, only compatible with high-end pcs and uh the next generation of consoles that would be appealing um, Microsoft's getting into it as well with xCloud and they've got Game Pass so that also comes into it I, I don't think I'll pick up a Project Scarlet because I have an active Game Pass subscription through again some wheeling and dealing to 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 not next January but 2021 January so that colors ha- covers Halo Infinite which is coming to PC and Xbox One uh, as well as Project Scarlet so until we get more games unveiled for these next-gen consoles, it's it's kind of a wait and see. And the rumors are that the PS5 is going to be $600 US. That is an $800 Canadian console. Does that right. not sound insane to you? Like, that's it, it, insane. It does, it does sound somewhat insane, but I'm in a fortunate position where I've bought a gamer PC and other sort of things in which mm-hmm. that I put a lot of money in it into it i'm in a position in my life where i can like i bought the oculus rift with the touch controllers and just those alone were you know very expensive i i am uh it is definitely insane uh i can't really wrap my mind around it anymore because of my privilege to a certain extent um but uh i i'm not sure i'm going to be a day one purchase either 
if anything, I, I may like, you know, continue to, to work on or upgrade my PC and move away from consoles. They'll need an exclusive right to really uh, mm-hmm. draw to draw uh, me into the PS5. And my feeling is the first exclusives will be enhanced versions of games that you could potentially get on the PS4. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'll, I'll probably be good with those. Like, I'm going to be able to play The Last of Us. I'm probably going to be able to play Ghost of Tsushima. And even Ghost of Tsushima, I don't really care that much. I've never, it's not a sequel, so I don't know really, mm-hmm. you know, what to what to expect. Um, so just switching gears real quick here, uh, Ryan, because I'm cognizant of time. Uh, we have, um, we're at that, the end of the year and we're at that point where people are kind of talking about video games and movies and TV shows and news and all this and starting to say like, what was the best of the year? What was the worst of the year and all that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, and uh, like, this is not the last Dungeons and Diapers we will be doing. I hope of, uh, of 2019 um, and, and I'm sure that we will go more into sort of like some of our, our year in review stuff that maybe that we experienced uh, with our kids. Uh, maybe, you know, every year is a big, a big year with, with kids. They're, they're only going to be that age once. Um, and so, so there's a lot, you know, a lot to take in. I wanted to talk a little, I used a little bit of my dungeons time to talk a little bit about um, some of the, year in review stuff that that is echoing me, with me right now i'm gonna focus a little bit on video games we've been talking a lot about video games this episode this is still going to be video game stuff for the most part i finished luigi's mansion uh three with my daughter gwen and now we're into actually the multiplayer modes uh like the um yeah some of that stuff mm-hmm. we're, we're we don't want to to end the experience and um i have to say that like Right now, if you ask me what my game of the year is, and I haven't played every game, but I definitely am of the impression that 2019 was a weaker year for video games in general. I I would, um, like, weaker in the sense that there's no Shining Jewels. Last year it was like, is it going to be God of War? Or is it going to be Red Dead 2? And everybody was like, these are two masterworks that would win game of the year across the board any year you know breath mm-hmm. of the wild comes out mario odyssey breath of the wild the same year like what's it gonna be this year uh, you could interview six critics they probably all come with different top games um and i understand that but for me i i i think it, very much based on the experience you personally have for me nothing's nothing top this year what i had with my daughter and luigi's mansion uh it is the best video game experience we've had thus far that's saying a lot part of that has to do obviously with her age like i remember soliciting feedback from the listeners on the show what game should we play like we played mario odyssey she was the hat what can we do next like i think we are going to look at going back to a game like mario odyssey because Luigi's Mansion is the first game in which she has really taken the controller and ran with it. And like catching ghosts is complicated in that game. Like, I don't want to say super complicated, but there's, you've got to flash them with a flashlight. You got to suck them up with your vacuum cleaner. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to pull back on the joystick and then you've got to build up a meter. And then when that meter's full, you can start slamming with another button. So it's a multi-button press. Uh, and my daughter can now do it. She can catch ghosts like nobody's business. Nice. And it's very impressive um, how the game conditioned her, how it made her feel welcome by playing as Gooigi, the, the goo-shaped Luigi in his backpack. Uh, it's just awesome that like if she's scared she can retreat back to the backpack her character is invincible it's very much seemingly designed as mario odyssey was to be played from a parent with a child together like it's co-op but in a a co-op that seems custom made for playing with a parent and a child and i i mean as a a podcaster who does a show focused on this sort of stuff like you're looking for a game that you you and your your kids are going to have a magical experience playing. I cannot like you're in review for me. Luigi's Mansion 3 is really really up there and I recognize it's part of my personal uh my personal experience. Not everybody like if you're a like 30-year-old or 25-year-old like gamer that streams on Twitch every day and headshots Apex Legends noobs uh 
hourly, then you may play Luigi's Mansion and be like, this is lame or whatever. But honestly, the puzzles are well designed. The the art style, it's got that Nintendo polish. Everything is great. Um, and the way that it's designed for, for playing with your kids, giving, giving them all that sort of flexibility, um, all those tools, the fact that it works with a fixed camera perspective so they mm-hmm. don't have to take on the camera. And, and like, just like, like the little switch controllers, the, the, the Joy-Cons, Gwen was using a little Joy-Con in her hand. And at one point, I couldn't understand how she was playing because I play with a controller that has two joysticks. And I, um, it, Luigi aims his vacuum cleaner up and down. He aims his flashlight up and down. And whenever I used the Joy-Cons, I would just walk around and I would only be able to like there's only one joystick i would only be able to catch ghosts or do stuff at at the level plane if that makes sense i couldn't look up i couldn't look down because i didn't have the other joystick to do it but gwen was doing it no problem mm-hmm. uh and it turned out that that it's designed so that if you move the controller up or down well luigi will move his thing up or down nice. and because i'm not a spaz and i sit calmly <laughs> i never i never noticed that but gwen who's a kid and she's doing this stuff and she's able and that's perfectly designed for children is very responsive she's able to do that and and she's able to control it's only one joystick the buttons are simple anyway super high recommendation for me and review like that's that's high up there in terms of my uh my game of the year and i know you just got it and you're probably just going to get into it and stuff like that but it plays really well with kids yeah well i'll back that up and then i've started to play it with both caden and abigail uh sort of passively um they've been watching and and they they're over the moon about uh the ghost dog uh, the, the Abby's in love with it. it. It was a little scary at the beginning. I think your warnings that, you know, once you get mm-hmm. the vacuum, once you get going, it's not too bad. Yeah. Um, once they understood, like, the ghosts r- really aren't doing much of anything. They're just kind of trying to, I've explained it, they're just trying to scare Luigi, and we're not hurting them. We're just vacuuming them up. It's not yeah. a big deal. You know, like, when we vacuum up one of your toys, we go downstairs into the central back area, and we pull the toy out, we dust it off. It's all good. Um, so they've really, they've really enjoyed it. They've enjoyed the experience. I've enjoyed the experience and I'm about six floors in and I can totally see the appeal of the fact that that no, that fixed camera angle would be a perfect first step for, for Caden. And, uh, I did see in terms of a, you know, another game that came out this year that may have, may or may not have, you know, struck some chords with, you know, parents and, and, uh, with kids or sorry, gamers with kids would be Mario Maker just had an update for, uh, to add like link to the NES style. And I think that might be a cool way to sort of bridge the gap and play some, uh, some user created link levels. Cause I know you had been introducing, uh, Gwen to Zelda games. To Zelda. Yeah. We played multiple Zeldas and, and as much as those were huge adventures, she never really played. She was, uh, I was, she gave me direction and all that. Don't get me wrong. Magical, really fantastic. But, but Luigi's Mansion, like her being in my backpack and us solving things together, we got every gem on every floor in Luigi. We got, which are all sort of hidden. We got every hidden ghost, these boos and stuff on every floor, uh, it was very um, like we we ran Luigi's Mansion into the ground, and now we're in the 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 multiplayer modes, which are fun as well. Um, I, Mario Maker is on our Christmas list, oh. um, but I don't see it. I, like maybe Gwen will like it, but it's not, to my knowledge, like it's more like in a, a series of levels as opposed to like a, um, a, an evocative sort of story and adventure with puzzle solving. You know, it's more traditional Mario platforming done in kind of interesting ways. I, I'm curious. We, we will see how much she latches, uh, she latches onto that. The one that I think will be our next game is a untitled goose game. No. Um, I showed her a trailer for that game and she was laughing in hysterics the whole time. Just to put it in perspective, in Luigi's Mansion, Gooigi can do things like shoot a plunger at Luigi's head and it will stick on Luigi's head. Uh, Luigi cannot do that back to Gooigi because he is made of goo, uh, which canonically checks out. Uh, but, uh, but Gwen would laugh hysterically whenever she would place a plunger on my head. And I was like, she likes hijinks and slapstick. I had heard about this goose game 
and like it looks like it looks like a serene village where you just cause mayhem as a goose. It's pretty cheap, so I think we're gonna check that out next, and That'd then cool. put Mario on our list for Christmas. Um, but yeah, no, Luigi's mentioned you guys are just as you hit the sixth floor, like the floors are starting to get crazy. They'll start getting crazier and crazier, mm-hmm. and uh, it's gonna start getting pretty uh, pretty good. I think that you're gonna have a good good time with this i'm envious of the fact that you have so much luigi's mansion to go um so uh because yeah we're we are pretty pretty done with it but even clara like my youngest my 18 month old she didn't watch that much but when we were like hey do you want to go in the basement and play luigi's mansion she's like luigi luigi and she's running to the stairs uh and she she loved she just loved the experience of coming down she creates mayhem in the basement while we're um while we're playing the game, but it, it has been like shitty weather. Um, we've had sick kids and all this. And just to be able to have that uh, retreat has been really great. So Luigi's Mansion 3, big recommend for parents. And as my the first part of my year in review, I'm, you know, it's weird calling it my game of the year, but I think it is like, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I can't think of a game that that came out this year that I enjoyed more than the time I did playing Luigi's Mansion with Gwen. So yeah game of the year is gonna be tough um i know jocelyn and i are recording our game of the year in two weeks and then we're watching game awards next week so it'll be interesting to see sort of i gotta make my list and kind of check it over and see what uh what sort of pops to the top but you've um, played more than me though you're you're being on you're good on the recent stuff you know the one thing i will say and this is not to like I don't want to go down this rabbit hole per se, sure. but like um, VR is constantly neg- uh, neglected um, when it comes to these sort of conversations. And, and, and the reality is due, it's due to the install base. It's due to the fact that, um, that people don't, don't play a ton of VR, but like um, uh, Asgard's wrath, which is a game that I've mentioned on the show before. And that when I get the energy in the evening up, like I did last weekend, I, I play in it it's gotten tremendously good reviews from the outlets that have reviewed it would be up there as my game of the year. Like it is a fantastic, fantastically designed game in and of itself. The fact that it's also VR is amazing. Um, I, I, I recognize that because it's not in a lot of people's hands, eyeballs, whatever, that it's not necessarily on their list. And, and that's a little, that's a little sad. There's, there's other um, solid v- VR games, some that I haven't even played like pistol whip and Stormlands and all of this sort of stuff that are just not getting the coverage. Uh, and if it's on PlayStation VR, it tends to do get more coverage. Um, mm-hmm. Like there is a game that came out um, that's name escapes me uh, that came out on PlayStation VR this year that got a fair amount of positive mm-hmm. coverage and is in the conversation of game of the year, but that's because people ha- have, there's a bigger install base there. So mm-hmm. I am, a, I am a little disappointed um, because uh, I, I looked at the game of the year awards on a lot of sites and the, you know, they normally have about 10 nominees sometimes. And some of them, I just am like, you know, especially you get, it's been a weak year. You get to nominee seven, eight or nine. And I'm like, Asgard's wrath is better than all of those games, but Mm -hmm. nobody's talking about it because nobody's, nobody's played it because the barrier to entry is too high, you know? Yeah. I mean, we never, we didn't, we should probably move into the diapers, but uh, we never talked about half-life Alex is like quickly. Is that something you think the, a game for VR that could help, you know, break that that uh, that ceiling and and get VR into the mainstream discussions at least. Well, it, it's def okay. Yes, to, to answer your question, yes. Uh, my friend Bo and I had a conversation about uh, that because, um, and this is a video game hot take. Like whatever, people can take it or leave it. I don't give a shit about Half Life, <laughs> and uh, I know that a lot of people lot are of like, people "Oh do. my god, Half Life is so good!" And I'm like, "I don't get it. I'm sorry." I'm like, "It doesn't seem that great." But um, I never, I didn't have a great PC when the first Half Life came out, and Half Life Two that everybody swears by. Like I played that the Orange Box on Xbox 360. I'm like, yeah, it's a good game, but whatever. Bioshock was better. Like I don't get why people like this game so much. So, um, so for me, I don't have that affinity to Half Life. I actually sure. finished Half Half Life Episode One. 
And then episode two was on the disc and I started playing it and I was like, ah, I didn't even finish it. So I, so I don't have that draw. Like the fact that there's a half-life game after all this time and it's coming out in VR, that doesn't really draw me. But what does really resonate with me are two things. One is exactly what you said that there's a lot of people that do care about Half-Life. There's a lot of people that will be like, holy shit, I'm going to look at VR just for this thing, right? Like it's it's going to get me in the door. Uh, and, and the other angle is, is it's a game being made by Valve. And Valve, one of the reasons they said they haven't made another Half-Life is because they want new tech. They want to be able to be to do something definitive in a space. And mm-hmm. they felt that they did that with Half-Life 2. There's been nothing that's really changed in the way first-person shooters and all of that sort of stuff ha- ha- have been presented or whatever in the time since Half-Life 2. So there's been no motivation to really set that next bar. And now they have this space in VR. So I am very excited to see what they're what they're going to do in there. Um, and the A, it's going to get more eyeballs on VR. B, the quality of it's going to be really good and maybe innovative in a way that developers can can um, can steal from. And when I I came heavy on it, saying I don't give a shit about Half Life, and and that's true, and it's not. I I don't not care about. I don't. Like Half-Life does nothing for me, but I don't hate it either. Like I have no, it's just a shooting game, like with aliens and whatever. It's like, and a little bit of X-Files flair and and that, like, I don't care. Like I will play it. I play a lot of shitty stuff in VR just because it's in VR, but this won't be shitty, I'm sure. So I am excited for that next year. It is funny that it's coming out right around Cyberpunk 2020, which is for sure what I am actually going to play immediately. Oh gosh. Yeah. March is crazy it's, 2077 it's animal crossing and doom around that same time as well so yeah yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy but uh yeah it, it's interesting next year or sorry not next year but uh next episode we'll have to uh definitively sort out uh, a year in review because yeah it'll be our last episode of 2019 so um cool we can that. talk about stuff like board uh I, you know we can talk about board games movies tv there's a bunch of stuff i know that in the gamers in you guys go deep on video games we did a lot today as well you uh but i mean we can we can definitely talk about other things sure. in the meantime let us go into the diaper section and return to the beginning where you said that it was the end of nap time for your daughter abby who yeah. remind the listeners of abby's age abby is uh was two in august so she's two yep. and four months three months so or it's around that time where uh the 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 naps end and i still think abigail is um so Caden's taking it worse than Abigail. Caden is exhausted by the end of the day because normally when Abby's napping, he gets to chill on the couch uninterrupted and and just chill with mom or dad or whoever's around. And it is a nice break for, for me to be able to just sit down and and uh, and relax. Um, but Abby, uh, she's been climbing at her crib and it's getting to the point where we just didn't feel it was safe. So we took the side off. We put the sort of, you know, the bumper up um you know the thing you slide into the mattress and now uh she won't stay in for her nap it's just not happening so it's like all right she's done um we've had a couple of events where we had to skip nap that might have either helped uh her case or hindered ours uh but she's now you know also getting up out of bed right away when she's awake so like 6 a.m she's in the room and she's like yeah, I'm, I'm done sleeping. And I'm like, great, it's cute, but uh, go back to bed. <laughs> because Caden, <laughs> Caden was sleeping until 7 o'clock. So now Abigail's waking him up. He's going to preschool. And he's just like 6 o'clock hits. And they're just, they're monsters. Uh, and Caden's tired. One one poke from Abigail and he's in tears. And I'm just like, buddy, like just calm down. It's not a big deal. She, she didn't mean to do that. Uh, but it's been very interesting. Although, you know, Thursdays are my days where, you know, Ashley works late, a, a late shift. So I've got the kids by myself. Um, but they weren't that bad. They were really, they were really good. So maybe they're getting used to it. Um, but I'm not quite used to it. I've always had sort of a break time at some point I during know. the day. So. It's funny that you're talking about it because I am, I am 
now scared mm-hmm. because Clara is 18 months. She has a nap. And during weekends, man, that is so blissful in particular. Like Gwen and I will go down and like cuddle on the couch and maybe watch a Disney movie or something like that. I'll have a snooze or mm-hmm. or, or maybe we, we'd be playing Luigi's Mansion uninterrupted. and Or we'd be, ha- you know, it is that down moment with the older kid where we take it easy and take a break. And uh, yeah, oh God, like Clara right now is, um, she's gone through a sleep regression, I think partly due to her teeth and she's getting up at like five in the morning or 5.30 in the morning. And that's generally pretty brutal, but she'll breastfeed, she still breastfeeds and then she'll do a breastfeed and and it's pretty much 6 a.m. at that point. Mm -hmm. And then I'll go down to the basement with her. close the door i'll block the stairs with laundry bins so she can't climb up it and then i'll i will take her onto the couch and 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 we'll watch like some kids show and uh, i'll fall asleep on the couch knowing that she can't possibly escape um and then i will wake up to you know 20 maybe half an hour later and uh go and wake gwen and 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 jesse up but so like i'm tired often right now too jesse's been really tired because she's waking up all the time but at least she naps like i i totally feel for you i mean it's Mm going to be a tough uh a tough transition as everybody kind of gets used to this yeah it's uh again i i caden's been taking it pretty hard but but the thing is like now that both kids are napping um you know when when abby was napping she was taking her time going to sleep and then sleeping quite late so sometimes caden would get like two two and a half hours of quiet time but now that both of them are awake like i said ashley like we don't you know it's still nice to be able to chill on the couch and let them watch a little tv but there's no reason to do the whole time because we don't need to keep any of them quiet because no one's napping so it's kind of turned from and and I think that also caught Caden off guard and, and Abby as well, because Abby knows Caden's downstairs, you know, watching TV, trying to be quiet. So she's like, oh, now I get TV time. It's like, well, no, you're both awake. There's no reason to keep you quiet. We're going to play a little bit. And then, yeah, maybe you'll get like a half hour to an hour of uh, of TV time. And I think they've started to understand that is going to be the new norm. Um, but, but you're right with Canadian winters and it's only going to get worse from here on out uh, for the next couple months it's it's tough to yeah yeah. the winter you're gonna be fucked i I know (laughs) yes of course netflix like honestly i could never cancel netflix just due to the fact uh of paw patrol and uh i know you have you know uh, children television shows but uh on your notes here but octonauts has been a big one for both kids and the thing i really like about octonauts report exactly thank you report i remember i used to sing it and caden would yell at me at the top of his lungs like you're not on tv dad and i'm like thanks not with that attitude uh jokes on you people i'm on twitch people play i have a series (laughs) people play my shows on tv all the time you ever chromecast (laughs) your twitch come on uh, but no, he, uh, they, both him and Abigail are, are big into Octonauts right now. And, and I really like that because it's, it's more educational than Paw Patrol. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's, it's quite interesting. Like I'll watch it and they talk about these sea creatures that I never heard of. And, um, some of them obviously I have, but it's, uh, it definitely has decent. some redeeming value, <laughs> but it's still like a, a crudely animated, uh, children's show, um, but yeah, it's it's pretty good. But it's it's a tough time right now, and I think we're all a little. Uh, Ashley's especially tired because, of course, when the kids wake up, um, the first person they want uh, is is their mother. Uh, I'm uh, just uh, sliced cheese. No one, it's it's fine. Uh, Garbage, Ryan. I'm, I'm okay when you put it on like you you melt it over a burger, but like all on its own, it's like eh, it's not that great. Uh, but I don't know what that means. Don't read into it, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's sort of where i'm at i'm 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 losing steam because uh, i i was up at like six o'clock and then i realized oh i have a whole whole day to get through so but yeah it's it's uh it's an interesting it is time. funny because i'm like also you know canadian winters uh days are shorter all of that sort of stuff like we talk about balance on the show it's hard to find that now more than ever like also sick kids flu season all of that sort of stuff um uh this wednesday the gwen school like there was an ontario sort of strike thing and uh so gwen school was uh closed Mm. and and so what do we do both your parents work like we don't 
we don't have anybody to take care of Gwen. So one of us has to take the day off. Uh, Claire, you know, Clara's daycare closed. Um, the daycare provider had a, a personal issue and she had to close the daycare. Well, who the hell takes care of Clara then? Oh, you know what? We've got to take one of us has to take a day. And so it's just like we're we've also Jesse and I have just been finding like, like we don't mind taking the day. We like being off with our kids, but it's like we're again fortunate that we're able to do that. But like mm-hmm. I am having better appreciation for um you know how how people especially working uh working folks are able to make ends meet and and meet the requirements of their job you know like uh when when they have kids one uber driver who picked me up told me he has nine kids and i was like holy shit i'm like i don't even understand and yes the oldest ones are now at the point where they can help out and stuff like that. But there's points where he had like four or five kids that were all like useless. No offense to kids. But like <laughs> No, all offense did, to kids. Yeah, <laughs> all offense. They couldn't do shit. Yeah. So, uh, so, so like, they literally can't they, shit. They, they all, all require daycare or, or they all require like some sort of, um, you know, uh, oversight and, uh, and yeah, like it's, it it's for sure it it's challenging and i know the, some people will be like oh you have one of the parents stay home in that case and maybe you do but like then that comes with like loss of salary and all of that so i i totally appreciate uh lately how tough you know how tough it is uh to to raise kids uh, in, in our society and yeah. i appreciate the social safety nets more than ever it so. for sure i think for me um you know, I've, uh, I've had, I've seen it. I've seen other folks taking days off to take care of their kids, either they're sick or they, like you said, they had the strike issue. Um, and even I've, you know, taken time off recently to, to help out around the house. Ashley's got appointments, you know, the kids have appointments. So I'm kind of taking days off to, you know, uh, keep everything sort of moving swiftly. But I think the one thing in my career right now that, um, I don't think I had early on as I've taken on more and more responsibilities and and become more involved is just taking a day off work and then coming back and being like, Oh, I have to continue doing this work, but also catch up on a day's missed. And that can be also really tough. Again, don't mind taking time off to be with my kids. I really enjoy it and being, you know, with my family and spending time. But, uh, it's not all about, you know, I would love to be able to take off more time. Um, but sometimes it is just taking a day off. It, it, it turns, um, it turns, it just, it just pushes that yeah. day to the next. Right. You, you see these things where they say like, um, you, you know, people who work part time or who work four days a week work compressed hours or, or whatever, they'll say like, yeah, I still have to do five days work. I just have less time to do it in, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I, I can totally appreciate that. It, it is it is tricky and again like what what are the things that you're going to shortchange at the end of the day you're probably not going to shortchange your kids no you might shortchange your time as a couple um but you may shortchange yourself and that's what i think this show comes into play it's like it's like there's there's ways to, of making time of uh, of enjoying the things that you enjoy with your kids um yeah so i uh, so I, I, I took, but I totally, I totally appreciate it. And, um, I, I noticed here on the show notes, Ryan, just before we close out that you've started the, uh, elf on the shelf tradition. Yeah. Uh, um, is this your first season? Uh, no, we, we started when Caden, I think was old enough to kind of understand this might be our third, maybe second seriously. Yeah. Uh, but the, both Caden and, and Abigail are, are uh, super into it. And, and Ashley loves, uh, she's very creative. I, I think I posted uh, okay. to Instagram sort of the uh, the intro, um, which was new to us, which was uh, the elf, you know, uh, bursting from a gift marked from Santa. Uh, but it, it, was, it was interesting because I was talking to a friend of mine who has a daughter that's only 10 days older than, than Abigail and I asked, oh, you know, what can I, what should we get the kids for Christmas? And he said, ah, you know, she's not really into Christmas. She doesn't really understand it yet. But it's like, I'm like, what? Like, Abigail's all over it. And it could be because Caden is also at that age where he's very into it. But then his other kid is also, you know, not too far off from Gwen's age. And it's just odd how some kids, you know, pick up on it sooner than others. But, you know, Abigail's all over Christmas. 
They love the, the elf on the shelf. I don't really use it to like guilt the kids into being good unless like they're really being like terrible and you're just like, ah, oh, man, I, I, I want to. He's wanna... watching you. Look at his beady little eyes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm trying to explain that feeling, but it's like, no, you're just so frustrated that they're not listening. It's like, you know what? That inanimate object is going to tell another thing that may or may not exist that you're doing something bad, uh, you know, so stop it. Uh, yeah. I don't really do that, but honestly, sometimes it's it's hard to resist. But I think the the most fun, like Ashley and I, you know, take turns hiding the elf, and I'm not as creative. Like Ashley's, like you know, put the elf in the tree, and then like TP'd the tree, and and it's like, all right, it's your turn. It's like I don't know, I'll put him in. <laughs> just I'll just walk him over to the closet and put him on one of the hooks, and I'm like, there, I'm done. <laughs> like he's hanging out. Yeah, get it. Get it? The kids you know will see him when they go put their boots on. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Oh man, see that's it. Like neither Jesse nor I are willing to. Like if we open that Pandora's box, Gwen will be all over it. It's just, uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I don't you know. You don't have if to I, be I, super creative. You just you, you got to put it out of reach. That's really the only requirement. So, uh, so the thing is, like when you were a kid, do you remember? Like, did people ever say like you got to be good or Santa's going to give you coal? Uh. I, I don't think it was coal. I think it was Santa's just not going to get you anything. I think that oh, was man. sort of the ultimatum. For me, it was like you got coal in your stocking. Hmm. Like that was the like, and to me, it was one of those recurring stories about Santa. It's like if you're a bad kid, you know, if you're not good, Santa's going to bring you coal in your stocking. And I think it's like an old expression, or it's an it's old school honestly, for sure. Honestly, yeah. who gives a shit about coal? But the other thing is like. Coal aside, even if it was nothing, even if, you know, you were bad, so Santa's going to bring you nothing. Well, there would need to be a kid that that happened to, you know, like, because that's the thing. You've got to you've got to live up to that. If your kid was bad that year, well, then then you've got to give him either coal or nothing. And if you don't, well, then God damn it, you screwed the whole thing. And so, like, if if Timmy, the bully at school is like beating up kids and then he's like, hey, check out my Christmas haul. And he didn't get coal in his stocking and he got gifts. You'd be like, well, what the hell's going on? Timmy is clearly not a good kid. No offense, Timmy. Um, and so, like. For for me, it's like that that whole line of like, oh, the elves are watching you. Or you got to be good, or you're not going to get shit. Like, it feels like you've got to. If you say that to your kid, you've got to back it up. Like, well, you they, just you just you back it up with another white lie, and you just say, well, Santa actually didn't get those gifts. His parents are also bad. Why do you think he's a bad kid? His parents are bad, and they yeah. got gift. They got more gifts for little Timmy. Labeled them from Santa. They're liars. He's a liar. Don't hang out with Timmy, and uh, we're all good. I mean, that's probably. I mean. I don't know. It, it, it's probably fine to cover a lie with another lie. That's not a bad thing. I said, like, the thing with Santa is that I've always said it. Sorry for any kids who are listening. This I hope they're – do kids – maybe – Oh, maybe. shit. I forgot. I dressed up as Santa. Um, uh, You're Santa's got, helper. Huh? You're no, Santa's I, helper. I, well, yeah, whatever. I got a super sweet costume for work videos. Oh, I should have used that story. Are we going to do another episode before Christmas? Yes, of course. Yeah, next two Thursdays from now will be the 19th. Plenty of time. Perfect. Okay, I got a Christmas story. Hopefully I won't forget. You uh, can write it in the notes for next week. Fine. Not right now. Don't do it right uh, now. <laughs> That's right. not good podcasting. Uh, Santa dressed. At, oh, wait. Backspace. Yeah. Click, click, click. Backspace. Click, click. Wow, these cells on this Excel document are all effed up. But, uh, yeah, no, I I, um, uh, I, just think that, like, if you're going to make these promises about these elves that spy on you, you've got to, you know, you've got to back them up. I do think that uh, – that if I asked, if I told Jesse, hey, like, do you want to do this? Like, my kids would flip out, and part of me make feels really bad because I know a lady at my work is doing this elf on the shelf, and she's going like all out on it. But I know if I if I again I open that, there's no going back to it. It's like I'm committing to every year for like I don't know. It's not that hard. It's fun. All right, you can half ass it. Your... Sometimes there are days where it's like oh, I forgot to do it, and then I race down. It's like distract the kids, and I race downstairs and like move them and. Sometimes the kids will notice, like, oh, he didn't move. And it's like, weird. He must have decided he liked that spot. Damn, I forgot to move the elf. It's not a big deal. I forgot to move. Yeah, no, I I could see that. 
so I'm going to like I had said that we'd t- I'd talk about Kid Show, but but I I think that that's going to take up way more time than I have it in me to give right now. Uh, and so, uh, and seeing as that we're going to be able to reconvene before Christmas, I think that I'm just going to, I'm going to wrap up the show, Ryan. And I'm going to say that people can visit us on the web at tgistudios.com slash dad. And you can email the show. We don't have any email this week, but uh, I'm sure there's a week that we will. Uh, and it will be because you emailed the show at dad at tgistudios.com. Dad at tgistudios.com. You can follow us on Twitter. Follow me at Croft and Steers uh, about work stuff that I do and also uh, geek stuff that I do. Uh, pick a lane, whatever. I don't care. And Ryan, uh, you can follow at R Murphy on Twitter. And that is going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Everybody have a great couple of weeks. We'll see you before Christmas. Have a good one, Ryan. Say bye. Bye. Bye.